This is episode number 198 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hello, friends. It's Jesse here. Before we get into today's show, I want to talk specifically to my fitness and health professionals. So listen, all of the belly breathing and crunches in the world are not going to cut it for many postpartum folks. And it is so much simpler than you think to help people after pregnancy to re-strengthen and to retrain their bodies. You do not need the secret moves, the circuit tricks, or months of training time to see results with your people. You can get them quick wins and real change in a single session. And I want to show you how. So on October 19th and 20th, I am hosting a live workshop called Core Connection to help teach fitness and health professionals the three pillars that I use, that you can use to coach your postnatal clients to better abdominal and pelvic floor muscle function. You can join me live for this workshop for just $27 and you will learn my 4L framework for helping your clients and patients achieve better core and pelvic floor function in a single session with way fewer Kegels. You'll learn how Ashleen my client was able to achieve leak-free sprinting and running after pregnancy without months of training. The simplest ways to modify for pelvic floor symptoms, such as bulging, pressure, and leaking during daily life tasks and workouts, and how to use my replicable system of coaching strategies with your clients, your patients, or your students who are weeks to years post-pregnancy. You can get your tickets now and start helping your postpartum clients address their abdominal and pelvic floor muscle strengthening and reduce symptoms in your first or next session with them. Go to the link in today's show notes to get registered for either October 19th or 20th, and I will see you there. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And today we have such a special guest. Aaliyah Dalla is with us. And we are going to talk about all things pooping, constipation, the pelvic floor. We get a whole bunch of questions about this stuff, especially as it pertains to pregnancy and postpartum. So we're going to cover bunch of your questions today and hopefully get you feeling a little bit better in your digestion and with your bowel movements. So let me introduce you quickly to Aaliyah and then we'll get into the bulk of it. No pelvic puns intended there. 
So Aaliyah is a pelvic health physiotherapist with over 10 years of experience helping people with a variety of injuries, disabilities, and impairments. She now exclusively focuses on pelvic health, including prenatal and postpartum pelvic health, preparing people for labor, delivery, and birth, and common issues such as leaking, pelvic pain, painful sex, and diastasis recti. Aaliyah has extensive training in pelvic floor dysfunction, prenatal and postnatal pelvic health considerations, C-section birth recovery, and diastasis rehabilitation. She created Box Wellness Co. as part of her mission to teach people about the changes that occur in their bodies throughout their lifetime, including during pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Welcome, Aaliyah. Thanks so much for being on today. Hi, Jesse. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me to talk about like my favorite thing to talk about. So I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah, when I was thinking that we definitely need to do an episode about constipation because I don't think we've had a standalone episode yet on it. And I was like, who could we have? Of course, we could have Aaliyah because (laughs) (laughs) that's what you love to discuss. I, I do. I love talking about it because I feel like it's something that we all do, right? Like everybody poops and how good or how bad our poop is can really make or break our day, but we just don't talk about it as much. Maybe like social conditioning or or what but like I'm okay to talk about it I like it so thanks for thinking of me totally (laughs) uh yeah we need to be talking about it because like you said it really can make or break your day and really just your general feeling in your body and your sense of health within yourself so I think it's so so key so Aaliyah tell us your first your pronouns and then secondly just anything else you think is relevant about the work that you do why you love doing it for sure so thanks for asking so my pronouns are she her and the work that I do now um thank you so much for that introduction you you covered all the bases but the work I do now really is just rooted in a need that I had uh, that was unfilled for myself. So, you know, my son, he's about six years old now. And when I was pregnant with him, I felt fine. I felt good. I had one of those, those really good pregnancies that people who don't have good pregnancies hate hearing about, but I had one of those. And then, um, you know, I had a less than ideal birth and labor experience. And my postpartum experience was very challenging from a physical and from kind of a mental, emotional um, community standpoint. I felt really isolated. I felt really alone. I felt, well, all these things happened to my body. And even as a physiotherapist, like I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't, I just didn't feel prepared. So I kind of, um, I fell into you know, fixing my, my own issues. And through doing that, I learned that you know, I I wasn't alone in feeling this way and feeling unprepared and feeling that I just didn't know that all of these things could potentially happen to me um, during pregnancy and postpartum. And then, you know, worse than that, didn't even know where to start. Um, So I really am super passionate about just sharing all the types of things that can happen to us at these like major points in our life um, that, you know, we don't don't generally talk about enough. We don't know enough about, I didn't really want anyone to feel kind of how I felt or to go through something like what I went through where they felt totally alone. Um, So anyhow, so I created this kind of, um, you know, this virtual education 
thing, Vox Wellness Co., where I'm, I'm on a mission to tell everybody all the things that they wish they knew about their body, you know, by teaching, by creating content, by having workshops and whatnot, so that people can go into these different phases of their lives prepared, because I didn't have that. And I, I don't want anyone to be like that. So I'm so passionate about just talking about the things we don't talk about, um, but that we should talk about, like poop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, perfect. Okay, well, let's get right into it, talking about poop and constipation in particular. So tell us, how is constipation defined? How do you think about that? That's a good question. So I think that generally speaking, the definition of constipation is when we're going to the bathroom to have a bowel movement less than three times a week, or we're having really hard stools, like stools that are hard to pass. And these these things, either, you know, the infrequent bowel movements or like the really hard to pass stools are, are going on for some time, for several weeks. I think that's like the common, commonly understood definition. And I think it's important to think that it's not just about how frequent or infrequently we're going. Like that's not the only definition of constipation. Um, we could maybe be going every other day and that could be our normal, but we could have really hard poops and that would still be constipated. Yeah, I think that's really important for people to hear because I think that is maybe some misconceptions about what we have about having, you know, quote unquote, good or successful bowel movements or feeling like we're emptying well, or, you know, fully, it's that people might think that they are not constipated or you know, the Google machine tells them that, no, they're not falling within the realm of constipated, but they still feel like something's up. Like this pooping is different than it used to be. It's not how it was. Something is off. What is happening? So what else are your people telling you, your clients, your patients, what else are they telling you about their poop that you're like, mm, something might need to be adjusted there? Yeah, that's a great question. And you touched upon some some really good kind of, I guess, symptoms or complaints that people would have. So for sure, you know, working hard to get the poop out. So straining, that's a good sign, right? Um, that we're maybe constipated or having difficulty emptying our bowels fully. Um, feeling like we can't empty our bowels fully, like going poop, things coming out, and then still feeling like mm, there's still something in there. Like I don't feel like I totally got it all out. <clears throat> that's another sign just feeling, you know, like bloated or abdominal discomfort because we have a lot of poop that's still kind of up there in our colon. Um, and maybe feeling like we need to kind of like help to get that poop out, like maybe pushing on our belly to try to get it out. Maybe feeling like if we could just stick a finger up there to get it out, like these are real things that happen to some of us. Um, and these are all signs that we're, we're constipated or we could be constipated, even if, you know, we maybe are having a poop every day. We could still have these other symptoms and we could still definitely be constipated. In fact, there's like kind of um, a, um, an unspoken rule in like the pelvic health world where it's kind of like, okay, you're constipated until you're proven otherwise. Yeah, I think it, maybe I saw you write that the first time and I thought it was so funny, <laughs> so true, because uh, this is something that so many of my fitness coaching clients will talk about quite often is this feeling of dissension in their bellies, discomfort, bloating, feeling like they're not getting everything out, but they are going poop every day. They're having bowel movements every single day. So they're convinced it must be something else. It could mm -hmm. not be the bowel movement issues after 
my second kid was born. So second C-section three plus years ago, I felt like this overnight switch in the way that I was pooping. Like for the first two weeks postpartum felt good. Like I was emptying fully. And then overnight, basically the next day, I felt like, no, I can feel like not emptying fully. I'm bloated. I was starting to get a lot of abdominal pain and it was so deeply uncomfortable and causing me so much distress, so much pain in, yeah, in the abdomen that I think a lot of people wouldn't think that was maybe constipation or related to bowels, especially because like I said, I was still pooping every day or maybe even twice a day. Yeah, that's so common, right? It's so common for for us to think that, oh, we're going regularly, like whatever our regular is, whether it's once or twice a day or every other day. So it can't be constipation. But that's just the thing, right? If we're not able to kind of fully empty our bowels, if it's really hard to get it out, we could be constipated, right? The thing about poop is that the longer it kind of stays in our colon, um, the harder it gets. Water gets drawn out of it. And so that poo that's there that we're, for whatever reason, we're having a hard time um, getting getting it out or we are just delaying it or we sometimes, you know, we're busy. We don't have time to like have a good poop if we, you know, we suppress the urge to go. Um, the longer the poop stays in there, the harder it gets. Um, so it kind of is this like vicious cycle where the poop gets harder and harder um, just as it sits in there and then it becomes more challenging for us to actually pass right because we've all like we've all had those hard poops that are painful to pass right it's kind of like this vicious cycle that the longer it stays in there the harder and drier it gets and even like the more concentrated it gets with respect to fecal bacteria so we really you know there's reason number 3004 that we should like really just have the good poops and get it out Yes, absolutely. All right. So tell us how the pelvic floor is related to pooping. Okay. So, you know, to state the obvious, the pelvic floor like lets the poop come out, right? So one of the main jobs of our pelvic floors are to let things out when we want to let them out and let things in, uh, keep things in rather when we want to keep them in and to let things in when we want to let them in. Um, so when it comes to having a bowel movement, um, our anal sphincter, right, it's part of the pelvic floor muscles and that sphincter needs to relax enough for us to empty our bowels or have a poop. So that's like, you know, you know, number one way that the pelvic floor has anything to do with constipation or going to the bathroom. Like it's literally the door that the poop has to exit from. Now, if the poop is soft and smooth and easy to pass, we can imagine that this feels good, that this is easy. It's easy to get out. We don't have to work too hard to kind of get that poop out. Now, when we're talking about the hard, the dry, the constipated poop, um, those are harder to pass, actually physically more painful. Um, you know, we could develop things like hemorrhoids when we're straining really hard to get a poop out or anal fissures, which are like little tiny micro tears um, in the delicate tissue. So, you know, it is important the quality of the poop when we're talking about how it's actually getting out and how it's passing through our pelvic floor. Um, another role that the pelvic floor has to do when it comes to 
poop and constipation is the pelvic floor muscles also help us to kind of, you know, support and stabilize and hold our pelvic organs and their contents up in our body. So we have pelvic organs like the bladder, like the rectum and like the uterus if we have one. So if we can imagine that the rectum is where the poop kind of waits until it leaves our body, if we have a rectum that is full of poop, that is full of poop that we can't quite empty fully. It's full of that hard, dry poop that water is continually being drawn out of. You can imagine that that's just sort of creating more work for our pelvic floor to just hold up and support, support the contents of it. So the pelvic floor has a lot to do with constipation and you know, thinking of our pelvic floor um, and wanting to be kind of kind to our pelvic floor is yet another reason why we should try to avoid being constipated as much as we can. Yeah, so can you... Can you specifically talk about the role of pelvic floor muscles and perhaps holding tension or chronically holding tension in the pelvic floor muscles and how that might impact how we're pooping? For sure. That's such a good question because there are, you know, there are a lot of us that we tend to have pelvic floor muscles that are like tighter or have more tension in them than we do have pelvic floors that are maybe weaker, unable to generate good tension. Now, when it comes to having muscles that are kind of constantly or frequently in a state of um, tightness or tension or, or short muscles, it would be hard for the poop to exit, right? When things are, are exiting our body, so when we're going to the washroom for a pee or for a poo, what we actually need to do and what physiologically our pelvic floor muscles do is they relax they relax in order to let the things out, right? So if we're thinking about letting the pee out, we're supposed to just kind of sit down on the toilet, relax, don't think about it much, take a few deep breaths, and like the pee kind of comes out, right? We shouldn't technically be pushing that pee out. The same thing with our poops. So when we're sitting on the toilet to have a bowel movement, we should really just have a really nicely relaxed pelvic floor. We shouldn't be working hard to push that poop out. We should be, you know, maybe using our breath and stuff like this. We can chat about it later, but we need the muscles to relax. Now, if we're someone that has muscles, um, which are, are in a shortened position or in a tightened position, and that's our normal, it's going to be hard for the, the bowel movement or the feces or the stool to actually pass easily and to completely, um, and to evacuate completely. So having pelvic floor muscles that are too tight, they they can definitely play a very big role in constipation and how well we can empty our bowels. That's really helpful. And I think that this is something that is probably more common than people might think as well too. And I know has been an experience that I have had particularly after my first C-section and maybe not even right away, but seven, eight, nine months when I was starting to really notice this, that the urge would come on Mm -hmm. where I knew that I needed to poop, but then I got to the toilet and it felt like I couldn't get anything actually out Mm -hmm. and just such a frustrating feeling in your body to sense that. For sure. It's so frustrating because, you know, when we think about it, about pooping, we think that, oh, it's a natural thing. We don't really need to like work hard at it or use a specific technique or strategies like we should just poop because everybody poops. Uh, But in fact, there are some some things that we can think about or try that can help us to have like better, easier poops. And they're just simply kind of like hacking 
um, hacking our own body so that things can actually move out easier. And the thing about having tight pelvic floor muscles and sitting down and having that frustrating experience like you did, Jesse, is that it's not just the muscles on the outside, for example, like the sphincter, right? Like the actual the actual door, we can have muscles that are tight a little bit deeper into our pelvic floor, which can um, kind of contribute to that same type of frustrating feeling that we, we have to poo, we have that urge, we know, but for some reason we can't, we can't really get it out or we can't feel like we can get it all out. Yes. And I think that we should go right into what you were saying about some strategies on working how to poop better, because I feel like for me, this is now something that I have to consider more after two pregnancies, two C-sections, just, you know, perhaps age. It's something that, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't think about this stuff at all. Now I do need to think about some strategies. So tell us, what do you often give as advice for people in pregnancy, postpartum, parenthood for better, easier pooping? I love talking about these strategies and I'm just like you, Jesse, I have to now really think about all of these things. And I, I notice, yeah, and maybe it's now as I'm getting older too, I just notice when I am, you know, I'm not doing my poop routine. I know right away. I know within a few days that something is off. And these are the things, these are the things that I, you know, I do myself and that I recommend to every single person that I work with, whether it's, um, you know, someone that I'm meeting through a workshop or a one-on-one client. Um, Even if people tell me that they're not constipated, not constipated, or they don't have any trouble with their poops. I'm like, here, let me teach you how to have better ones because we can always have better ones. (laughs) So here we go. We want to make sure that we're drinking enough water. So water is like one of those things that, you know, it's, it's the solution to all of life's problems. It's really, it's really important for us to have, you know, to have poops that are not hard, that are smooth and soft and easy to pass. We want them to have like a good water content, right? So we, we do want to drink enough water. Um, water also helps kind of the, our, our fecal matter, like move throughout our digestive system better as well. We want to make sure that we have enough fiber. Um, we want to make sure that we have a good mix of soluble and insoluble fiber. And these, like what you choose as your own fiber sources that work well for you is going to be different than your friend and your sister and your neighbor and your dad. Um, so, you know, learning a little bit about your body, but making sure that you're finding good whole food fiber sources that are going to help you because fiber really does impact the quality of our poops. You want to definitely get some movement in every day. Um, Moving our bodies really does help like the waste move throughout our bodies as well. Um, And we want to get our feet up on some kind of a step stool. We want to get our knees a little bit higher than our hips. And what this does is it actually helps to unkink one of the pelvic floor muscles that loops around the rectum itself. So there is a muscle called the puborectalis and it kind of creates sort of like a sling um, around the rectum. And remember the rectum is where the poop is stored until we go poo. Um, So when we're sitting the way that we typically will sit on a toilet these days, um, our thighs are probably parallel to the ground or maybe our knees are even a little bit lower than our hips. When we're in that type of a position, that type of angle between 
of our hips rather, um, the puborectalis muscle is actually quite tight and short and kind of like choking the rectum. So it makes it hard for whatever is in there to come out easily, even if that poop in there is nice and soft. When we put our feet up on a stool and we have our knees slightly higher than our hips, what that does is it just changes the angle completely. So that puborectalis muscle is no longer so tight around that rectum. So whatever is in the rectum has more space to actually pass through and out of our bodies. So that's the magic of something like the squatty potty. Getting something that you can put your feet up, lean your body kind of forward is really going to change the game with how easy it feels to get the poop out and how much better it feels to actually empty your complete rectum. And the, cool. yeah, and the last tip is to not strain, like not hold our breath and push the poop out, which a lot of us do, even when we don't really need to, you know, even if that's our habit and we have a nice soft poop, some of us will still strain to get the poop out. Instead, I really advise people to use their breath, use maybe the exhale phase of the breath, maybe use the inhale phase of the breath. When we're inhaling and exhaling, it's changing the intra-abdominal pressure inside our belly. And what that does is it just creates some pressure downwards, right? So we can kind of use those different phases of our breath to help to push the poop out without actually kind of like closing our glottis straining and pushing that way because pushing that way is a lot of pressure downwards on the pelvic floor um, that's something we would want to avoid avoid doing you know on a daily basis for sure love it so let's I think that was five things let's recap them so number one was water mm-hmm two fiber yep three movement number four get the feet up and then number five reduce the straining use the breath to help you along you got it so good okay last thing i want to ask you about we are always just cautious and talking about food and nutrition here on the podcast just given my background with an eating disorder and not knowing other people's. However, some gentle nutrition stuff can be key with help to poop. So you mentioned the fiber and water, anything else? Yes. So this is great. So I, you know, I don't typically give a lot of specific nutrition advice because it's, not my place in this world to do that. There are people who are educated and informed way more than I am about this. But if we're going to be general and we're going to just give some really actionable tips, let's do this. Let's say, make sure that you're having some leafy greens. Make sure that you're having fruits with the peels on them. Try to incorporate things like oats in your diet. And try to make sure that you're also taking care of um, whether or not you're eating things like beans or cauliflower or wheat bran or even whole wheat flour. These things are high in insoluble fiber and insoluble fiber helps to draw water into our stool and helps to make the poop softer. So ideally we want to have a good mix of insoluble and soluble fiber. And like I said before, we're all individuals and how we react to food and what works for us will not be the same as our friend, but trying to incorporate oats, leafy greens, fruits with the fruits with the peels on them and stuff like that will really help to make sure that you're at least getting a good balance of the two. Perfect. And those things are so helpful and key for me too. And I'm always reminded when I see you on 
Instagram eating your salads. <laughs> like, okay, Aaliyah, yes, get those greens in. But it is true. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, I love that you said that because I I'm a creature of habit and I will eat the same breakfast, lunch, and snacks day in and day out for months until I get sick of it. I choose things like a big salad for lunch or a bowl of oatmeal and fruits for breakfast, not because of like the calorie content or whatever. It's actually all for the poops. It's all about the poops (laughs) um, because I know what works for my body, right? Like, and these things really, really help me. And I know that with my own body and I have, you know, I have a prolapse and I have hemorrhoids and if I don't do things that are good for my poop routine, the cascade effect for me is just not worth it. I don't feel good overall. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm so happy that you said that you see my salad bowls and you're like inspired to do good things for your own poop habit instead of being like, I should eat a salad. Because maybe for you, it's not a salad, right? Maybe for you, it's something totally different. Maybe for you, it's a, a piece of toast and, you know, something else that makes, that helps your poops, right? Um, but anyhow, we have to all find our thing. So Jesse, you got to find your poop thing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, Aaliyah, anything else we missed or that you think are key parting words? Um, you know what? I do want to give a really quick tip to any of the people that might be listening, um, who may have, Uh, a birth coming up or may have just given birth because I have a couple of tips that might be helpful for you know the first couple of poops after a vaginal birth or a c-section so maybe I'll share that if that's okay yeah please do so definitely all the five tips that we shared earlier that would apply immediately postpartum too but after having a vaginal birth if you've had any kind of um, micro trauma or perineal tears down there, just making sure to use something like a peri bottle to help to clean yourself down there as opposed to using, you know, a, a tissue paper or paper towel um, or toilet paper rather to just go to town down there. It can just feel a little bit better for your sore parts. Um, and for a C-section recovery, um, and Jesse, you may be able to add some real world experience to this, but you've just had an abdominal surgery. So when we're going to the bathroom, it's very important to use the breath instead of holding your breath to strain because that can put a lot of outwards pressure onto your new incision. Something else that you can do is to take a, a small pillow or a rolled up towel and gently press it against your incision from the outside. So you're supporting it that way as you're having a bowel movement. It can feel more comfortable. It can make us feel a little bit more safe and protected and um, you know reduce the fear that maybe we're going to do something to our incision when we're trying to poop because we don't want to do anything that's going to withhold the poop and keep it in there because remember the longer it stays in there the harder it gets and the harder it gets to pass yeah those are excellent excellent tips thank you for that and then only the one thing that I can remember from very early post c-section was taking the stool softeners oh yeah in the hospital yeah and (laughs) if you're continuing to take some pain medication you know, that will probably be a super key piece of it. And I know some of my clients have been kind of nervous to take the stool softeners, but you really, you know, hashtag not a doctor, but you don't need it to be. And it will likely, yes, help you in the short and long term. You are so right. I do recommend that to all of my postpartum 
people is take, they're going to maybe offer you a stool softener, take it or get your own and put it in your hospital bag and take it. If nobody gives you one, um, it's really a game changer. All right. Well, Aaliyah, where can the people find you on the internet? <laughs> the people can find me on Instagram. That's pretty much where I hang out most of the time. I'm at Box Wellness Co. Or you can find me on my website at boxwellness.co. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Jesse. This was so much fun. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 